I guess uh, we should start with the presser at Sunnybrook Hospital today in Toronto. Health Minister Sylvia Jones was there. She's also the deputy premier. Also joining her was the Minister of Long-Term Care, Paul Calandra. And they made uh, announcements on what's going to happen to help uh, alleviate the pressure on the health care system. They announced uh, they're looking at a second phase of a plan to stay open and ease pressure on emergency departments. It's a five-point strategy and basically, uh, I wrote I wrote my own notes, so this is what I um, put down as the five points in their strategy. Preserving capacity, proper care in appropriate settings, decreasing wait list, easing pressure on ERs, and increasing workforce. It's the Minister of Long-Term Care's um, goal to amend the Long-Term Care Act today that has a lot of people concerned. Here is a clip from the Minister. These amendments, if passed, will make it easier to temporarily transition these patients into a long-term care home where they can receive more appropriate care in a more comfortable setting while they wait for a bed available at their preferred home. A lot of people are concerned about it. Uh, Concern is an understatement when you talk about Dr. Vivian Stamatopoulos. She was on with Alex Pearson today, and she was heated. Have a listen. Horrifying. I have never... Been, I, I can't remember the last time I was this upset during a press conference and during my subsequent media. I'm so uh, profoundly uh, in shock from what, what we saw. I mean, this is a complete Why? and fundamental violation of the human right to consent. This is a complete uh, you know, abdication of, of the rights of an individual. Let's talk about the rights of an individual. Uh, from a family member's point of view, Lisa Raitt is a former conservative MP. Her husband, Bruce was diagnosed with early-onset Alzheimer's back in 2016. We had a really frank and emotional discussion on how challenging it is to care for loved ones with dementia last time I had Lisa on the show. And since many of the patients in hospital beds waiting for long-term care have dementia, we figured she may have an interesting take on the decision to amend the Long-Term Care Act today to encourage the movement of patients out of beds and into long-term care homes farther away. I'd like to welcome Lisa onto the show. Lisa, welcome to the Kelly Cotrera Show. Good to have you on today. I'm delighted to be here, Kelly. Thank you. First off, how is Bruce? Um, so uh, just to, to define it well, Bruce is actually in a transition bed. He is in a behavioral support unit, which is only meant for transitioning between a hospital and to a full-time long-term care unit. So he's in technically one of those beds that we're all talking about. And and for me, him going into this transitional bed was a lifesaver. It was exactly the right thing that should have happened at the right time for his health, for my, my well-being, and for the fact that another family needed that hospital bed far more than Bruce did after his 18 months of treatment in the hospital. I know you're very forthcoming, so I hope uh, you'll answer this question. But is it close to where you live, and and do you get to see him often then? No, it's not close to where I live at all. Um, It is about an hour and 15 minutes, and that's one way. And then coming back, an hour and 15 minutes, and I spend two hours there. So when I visit Bruce, it's it's about a five-hour round trip. Therefore, I don't go every single day. Therefore, I have to rely upon the people who are providing the care to give Bruce the care and the socialization that he needs. But Kelly, I am going to be frank. He doesn't know who I am. He smiles when he sees me, but that's for the first 35 seconds. But I'm known there to give him comfort. And, and I'm there as much for me as I am for him as well, because I still love the guy and, and I'm attached to him. And it makes it worth But you know, I didn't want him to stay in the hospital. He he can't get the the requisite amount 
of caring, um, of caring, of care, essentially, that he can get in one that is more focused on dementia and long-term care. And to your point, to the point at the beginning when you said that a, a lot of folks in, in these, they call them alternative um, care beds um, in the hospitals, it's more than just a few. It's like 50%. It's like 3,000 people with dementia in hospital beds waiting to be transferred to a long-term care facility. And yeah, something has to give. Something That's a has lot. to give. It is a lot. And, and I tell you, my mom passed away from cancer this year, mm-hmm. which was absolutely tragic. But Sorry to hear that. we noted, thank you, we noted that on the floor, there were a number of people with dementia. I have skills now in calming people down with dementia. So I would go out and, and I would take as much as I could help and, and you know, take the person for a walk if I needed to help them get out of the situation and manage their behaviors. Nurses do not have time to do that on floors. Mm-hmm. Not at all. Like that's the kind of level of care that is needed that can only be given either in a long-term care or a transitional care. And I have no problem with the government indicating that they are going to make it, that that's available, first of all, and offer this as as a way for people to transfer out of hospitals. So for the people that are really uh, worried about the fact that, you know, Vivian Stamatopoulos says, once you are moved to this one of these transitional homes, you're not going to be put on the, th- that is a bunch of baloney. You're not going to be moved to your uh, preferable uh, space. What do you say to, th- what do you say to the family members that are concerned about that, Lisa? Well, right now, there's no guarantee that you go to your preferred place. The way it works in the system is you you are asked to provide five choices of where you would like your loved one to go. If one of those choices comes up uh, as an available bed, no matter if it's your preferred number one or your not least preferred number five, you have to take the bed. If you don't take the bed, you drop to the bottom of the wait list in terms of getting your preferred choice. So it already exists. Um and what may be happening is people only put one choice down on the list, which because they think it's better to have people sitting in the hospital and wait for that perfect care home to come up. But that's what's causing these problems and these backups. And I'm going to tell you, the people who have Alzheimer's and dementia aren't getting the requisite level of care in hospitals that they need or the kind and considered care that they need. And the people who, have, who don't have dementia who are in, in a hospital are as well not getting the level of yeah. care that they need. Listen, I can speak to that. My uh, father-in-law fell and he broke his hip and he was recovering in hospital. And w- I would go in on a daily basis or someone from the family would go in on a daily basis. And there was someone who had dementia that would lie in their bed nearby and just moan loudly through for hours and hours. And it's really hard to recover when you can't get sleep. It is true. And they're lonely and they're sad. And if you're in a long-term care home, there are people who are trained to know how to deal with that. And to work with that. But nurses and PCWs on floors in hospitals do not have that luxury because they have they have acutely sick people around them. So give us an idea of how Bruce's care has changed then from uh, being in the hospital to going to one of these transitionary homes. If you could, it, just one example would be great. Yeah, no, um, I, I will give you the example. Far more freedom. So in a hospital, it's very regimented and you have to stay in your bed. You're cognizant of other people who are around you. There's lots of... There's lots of people on the floor at any given time, and Bruce could be triggered by those people that would bring out his behaviors, and then he would have to be calmed down. In a long-term care facility that he's in, uh, specifically one for dementia, he those, those triggers can be controlled, and the people know and can see when he's about to get upset. 
So you prevent that winding up into his his violent behaviors from occurring because they intervene quickly. You can't intervene quickly in a hospital because they're in their room and they're alone. So, Lisa, we're speaking with Lisa Raitt, former conservative MP. Her uh, husband, Bruce, has Alzheimer's and is in a transitionary home right now. Um, do you think that the province is being painted unfairly as uncaring with this decision? I do. I do. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm coming from a place of, of um, experience and people can take it for what it's worth. But if your concern as a, as a, I'm only talking about dementia too, Kelly, that's mm-hmm. specifically what I'm talking about. If your concern about your loved one is that you want to be able to go in and see them every day and for your own purposes, you want them closer to you, you have to think about it more clearly of what is in the best interest of the patient. And the best interest of the patient is a continuous line of quality care that is appropriate to their disease in the moments that they need it, as opposed to you coming in once or twice, three times a week or a day. It's far better for them to have the care, even if you're a long distance away and you cut down on the amount of time you can spend with them, they're far better having a continuous care that's good for them. Okay, Lisa, I didn't hear the province say this was only for dementia uh, patients, so I'm just wondering... Uh, if you if your attitude changes at all, if it's someone that's waiting for a long term care bed, but they're completely with it, like they are 100 uh, percent, they've got some physical ailments and their family are nearby and can see them in the hospital. Do you also think uh, it's fair to move them? So I'm going to go out on a limb and I'm going to say that this really is focused on on the folks with dementia and it's going to it clears out the bulk of the issues. It's only 250, 300 transition beds. As I said, you know, 50% of, of those beds that are currently for people who don't need hospital level skill are actually um, are actually Alzheimer's patients. So there probably are going to be examples, but I would suspect that people are going to focus on those who have dementia and who can be treated adequately in a long-term care facility. Okay, just want some clarification from you. And you keep just bringing up great uh, questions that uh, enter my mind when I hear you talk. So you're mentioning the 250 hospital beds uh, that the government's planning on, on moving, freeing up with this new uh, change to the Long-Term Care Act. Where did the, the number 3,000 come from? And why are we not freeing up 3,000 beds? Are there... Well, because you can't. <laughs> Okay. So basically what we've heard from... Oh, we don't um, have room in long-term care? No, 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 no. Okay. No, there's not that much room at right. all. So, I mean, this is this is one step towards clearing out um, the over-utilization of beds by dementia patients within the hospital care system. And the reason why they're there is for good reason. They can't live at home alone. They don't have adequate supports at home. And there are no long-term care beds for them. So they end up in the hospital. And what they're saying is we're going to open up some more beds, but we're going to call them transition. And at the same time, we're going to encourage people to take these beds instead of waiting for a long-term care facility that is next to them. The, the last piece of information I'd like people to understand is that dementia is not a disease where you expire quickly. This is a long, long disease. It can go for years. It can go for 10 years, 12 years. So we have people in long-term care facilities that are there for not 18 months to 24 months as once was thought when people go to these facilities and, and you know, they, they, um, they find their way to their natural, their natural end. There are people who are going to be there for six to seven years. And the system's just all backed up. It's backed up right into the hospital. So I applaud any measures that they're giving in order to try and figure out 
how to alleviate the pressure on the system and add more of these beds. Lisa, thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate your insight into this. No problem. Thanks, Kelly. Appreciate Cheers. it. Cheers. Lisa Raitt, former conservative MP. Her husband, Bruce, is living with Alzheimer's.